1: This morning on the third hour of today, an overwhelming outpouring of love for Queen Elizabeth II. People waiting up to 14 hours paying their respects as we learn new details about Her Majesty's funeral and we're live in London. Plus, ho, ho, holy cow, Christmas only 100 days away. A first look at the holiday shopping season in our Consumer Confidential. How we can all save some cash this year. Today, Friday, September 16th, 2022. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the third hour of today. Al, along with Craig and Dylan, Chanel has the morning off.
2: Uh, folks, it's another busy Friday morning. Uh, we have been watching these incredible scenes in London all night long. That line of people right there paying their respects to Queen Elizabeth II. That line still stretching for miles and miles
3: get this so many people turned out that officials paused the line to keep it from getting any longer meanwhile we are learning more about what to expect on monday at the queen's funeral billions Billions of people are expected to watch around the world.
2: For more on all of it, let's bring in Sky News anchor and the NBC News contributor, Wilfred Frost, once again outside Buckingham Palace for us this morning. Uh, Wilford, good morning to you, sir. Thanks for joining us again. We saw the, the lines of mourners for a second night, as mentioned, uh, so long as Dylan just mentioned that they actually had to call the call the crowds off. They're expected to grow even more this weekend. What's, what's the mood like in London right now, as, as we look ahead to that funeral on Monday?
4: I- it's great to be with you guys uh, again. I mean, as, as you just said, that uh, the officials had to shut the queue to try and stop people being disappointed. But uh, the Brits love standing in line so much, they formed another queue, a queue <laughs> to join the queue, uh, which uh, shows the commitment um, to, to want to pay their respects to, to Her Majesty and, and the slightly odd nature that uh, Brits have about wanting to stand in line. But I, I do still think there's been this warmth and strange positivity to everything that we've been talking about all week. And I do think that will start to change as we get closer to Monday. It's almost as if these last eight or nine days, we haven't quite let ourselves say goodbye to her yet. I think Monday, there will be a a finality to it all, and it'll be much, much more somber.
3: Yeah, and I still can only imagine how hard it is for King Charles, Princess William and Harry. They will walk behind the Queen's casket for one last time. Uh, but what else can we expect to see during Monday's ceremony? What all is planned?
4: Well, I think it's, it's the first state funeral, of course, since 1965 for Sir Winston uh, Churchill, the first uh, for a monarch since 1952 for the, the Queen's uh, father. But it's the first state funeral ever, for a monarch, that has ever been televised. So so we're all invited, as you said, there are billions expected uh, to watch. And it'll be full, of course, of the British pomp and pageantry. But I think it will be uh, very moving as well, hugely memorable. And, uh, you know, we're all invited. That's a really extraordinary thing uh, to to reflect on. On top of that, the cast list of people that will be inside is just extraordinary from, from President Biden to the Deputy President, expected from China to royalty to, to uh, royalty of British culture, as well, uh, expected uh, pop stars and, and the like. It's going to be phenomenal to see, and, and I hope it will be a fitting send off for Her Majesty. And I'm sure it will be, as I said, a very, very solemn tone to it that we haven't quite had yet this week.
1: And, Wilfred, before we even get to that, we found out tomorrow evening uh, the grandchildren, including Harry and William, will be standing vigil beside the Queen's coffin in Westminster Hall. Harry uh, allegedly going to be allowed to wear his military uniform. Do we all get to see that as well? And what will that visual mean to, to folks there in the U.K.?
4: Yeah, so great that Harry will be allowed to to wear his military uniform since his uncle Andrew will be as well for those uh, princes vigil or grandchildren's vigil, whatever uh, you want to call them. But yes, we will be able to watch. It'll it be in Westminster Hall, where at the moment, as of course, we we continue to see people file past. And I think it's another amazing commitment by the family to interact with the public uh, and to to show how much they want to be there up close and personal, not just with their grandmother, their mother. Uh, but also uh, with the people as well. And they have just been remarkably strong. No one would mind if they broke down into tears, but they've kept strong in front of the people. I thought we saw how distraught Harry was when he was behind the procession. We saw how distraught Princess Eugenie was when she greeted well Wishes uh, at Balmoral. I'm sure we'll get glimpses of that again in, in these very moving moments tonight and then Saturday night for the grandchildren. And uh, th- those are the key things in the next couple of days Uh, Otherwise, we, of course, now focus on Monday.
2: Wilfred Frost for us there outside Buckingham Palace. Wilfred, thank you so much. And by the way, folks, tune in Monday morning. Complete coverage of Queen Elizabeth II's funeral. Savannah and Hoda will be live in London alongside Lester Holt. Our coverage will start early, 5.30, 5.30 a.m. Eastern.
1: Well, here's some good news. Christmas is just 100 days away. But don't you worry. We're going to help you save some money and prevent headaches in our consumer confidential. And keeping on the royal theme, royalty from the world of true crime. (laughs) Prince Keith Morrison is here (laughs) with a first look at tonight's season premiere. Make a good case. Or is he? (laughs) (laughs) Diving into a case you're going to remember as only Dateline can. Third hour today. Right back.
2: This morning in our Consumer Confidential, we are looking ahead to the most wonderful time of the year. And believe it or not, folks, Christmas just
1: 100 days away. And if you've already started shopping, you know prices are still sky high. Latest inflation report worse than expected. So, of course, budget's a little on the tight side.
3: Well, NBC News senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicky Wynn is here to help make those holiday wishes and dreams come true. <laughs> Good <laughs> my morning, back. Vicky. Good morning. Okay, so what are the big concerns going into this holiday season? Last year, it was all about, you know, lack of supply, shipping delays. What's the concern this year?
5: You're 100% right, Dylan. Remember last year, all we were talking about is all that stuff stuck on the Docks stuck in those containers, not making it on shore. Well, this year, it's all about inflation, as you mentioned, Al. Bank rate did a survey found 40% of people said they're absolutely factoring inflation into their holiday budgets. Another survey found 73% said they're taking a very close look at their budgets this year compared to last year. Mm-hmm
2: can't talk Christmas without talking toys what yeah. do, what do folks need to know about toy shopping this year in particular
5: Santa and his elves are going to have to work overtime toy insider is saying that you should budget about 15 percent more for your toy oh, this wow. year because of inflation and also the, uh, the good news though is all that overstock from 2021 it's landing on store shelves. With sales and clearance already. So, the big retailers, Target, Amazon, Walmart, they've all put out their toy lists. A lot of items, $15 and under, so you can partake. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about your local and independent stores. We always want people to shop local. They can find things, help you curate items when the popular items may be sold out. And also, don't forget about Big Lots, Five Below, Dollar General. Yeah. They're expanding their toy collections, these discount stores. Wow. So, you'll find a mix of old and new there. Mm-hmm. And then finally, when in doubt, go with the presents that are good for the whole family. So yeah. the board games, the puzzles, yeah. the arts and crafts, one gift can cover, like, several kids.
1: Okay. that Trouble papa matic that's, that's the best.
5: <laughs> I love Trouble. Uh, who does You mentioned the Etch-A-Sketch the other day. That's, that's a classic. Right. Another yes. old-school classic.
1: It. Now, for the, the older kids and uh, adults, electronics, any tips there?
5: Yes. So Jennifer Jolly, she's the founder of Techish. She's also a friend of the third yeah. hour of Today. She says that you should keep your receipts for every single electronics purchase because those are big-ticket items, and they sometimes go on sale, and you should should fight for the price adjustment also she says if you're in the market for a big screen tv right now wait wait okay. until super bowl season oh, okay. January. laptops and uh tablets black friday cyber monday you're going to find your best deals and you know when you go and then you check out and they're like do you want the extended warranty right. in case anything i happens? never get it
2: no
5: that's right. her advice she says skip it because a lot of times your credit card offers that purchase protection oh. yeah
3: or you're ready for the next Upgrade. I agree exactly It doesn't work anymore um, okay you have some tips for shopping all year round things to keep in mind
5: yes absolutely so it's really important um, when it comes to shopping right now for gifts at the end of December mm-hmm. look if you're doing the Al Roker style <laughs> you just want to pay attention to return policies right. yeah. like if you're confident you're gonna hit a home run with that gift then great but if not you want to make sure your gift recipient can return or exchange when that Mm -hmm. comes around also use those tools that help you price compare right so honey and camel 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 on amazon they'll even give you the historical price of an item so you know oh, i'm buying at a low Mm -hmm. or i'm buying when it's very expensive and finally factor in all the shipping the closer we get to the holidays the more the shipping goes up so here we are 100 days out bopus buy online (laughs) pick up in store Bam. We didn't tell you.
1: Yeah. Help <laughs> Great. Helpful as always. Thank you so much. You're Have
3: welcome. a good, good weekend. Thanks,
1: Meg. Well, when we come back, our favorite man of mystery, <laughs> Keith Morrison, live. He's sharing a preview of tonight's all new Dateline season premiere, a case that made headlines all around the world. Third hour of today, I'll be right back. We are back with a very special guest, one of our favorites here on Friday (laughs) morning. Dateline's Keith Morrison bringing us a preview of tonight's season premiere that you do not want to
2: miss. It's a high profile murder, an international manhunt, and seemingly open and shut case that may not be so cut and dry after all. We're going to talk to Keith in just a moment, but first, here's a
6: preview. Its unlikely victim, last May, 25-year-old cycling phenom, Mariah Wilson, shot to death in Austin, Texas. The search for an equally unlikely suspect made international headlines. That suspect? 34-year-old Caitlin Armstrong. She's intelligent, speaks multiple
2: languages from what I understand, licensed realtor, taught yoga.
6: And yet, here it was: video of what looked like Caitlin's SUV at the scene of the crime, around the time Mariah was killed.
7: It had this complicated bike rack on it, so it's pretty unique. Captured on
5: surveillance video.
6: And then a ballistics test suggested Caitlin's gun was the murder weapon.
5: It's very strong evidence.
6: As for motive, well, Caitlin's boyfriend, bike racer Colin Strickland, had had a fling with Mariah. But before police could arrest Caitlin, she vanished. And a few days later, a sandy-haired yoga instructor named Ari turned up in a tiny beach town in Costa Rica. She didn't say much and she kind of did that trick, you answer with a
8: question. (laughs) So she asked, asked a lot of questions and answered a lot of times with
6: questions. It was the yoga that tipped off law enforcement boom, all
5: of a sudden, three cops walked in. They were asking for her documents. She just kept giving weird answers. And I was even like, whoa, this girl's obviously lying and hiding something.
6: After 43 days on the lam, Caitlin Armstrong's ride ended with her arrest, indicted for the murder of Mariah Wilson. Bail was set at $3.5 million. If convicted, she'll face 99 years in prison. But case closed? Hardly. Caitlin Armstrong has a robust defense and a very confident defender.
1: Caitlyn Armstrong is not guilty. And if this case goes to trial, she will be found not guilty. Oh, boy. All right.
2: Dateline's yeah. Keith Morrison is with us. Um, let's start there with the defense. I mean, what makes,
6: what makes Caitlyn's well, defense team I, so that, confident? Is that, that, Defense attorney came on very strong. Uh, everybody's got this wrong. It's really just a misogynistic view of this woman, which has got us all thinking, you now she's a scorned woman, of course she did it. Um, and then he began to take it apart. One thing by one thing, the uh, the, the cops got the clock wrong. The uh, the, uh, you know, the evidence was twisted. The gun wasn't necessarily her gun. The, uh, you know, and it goes on and on. So And, so and, and that maybe that? nothing happened when the prosecution believed it happened. It, 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 we don't know.
1: We'll so, so where is the case right now? Where are we? Waiting?
6: Well, this was we going about? to be a, a case which went to an early trial, an unusually early trial in October. But now that isn't going to happen. Okay. Having, um, uh, and the, <laughs> The uh, judges agreed to a kind of a, what amounts to uh, a publication ban, so uh, nobody can talk about the case anymore. Mm-hmm. But we have what we have before we can, uh, mm-hmm. before before that happened. and uh, so we can tell the story. And there are lots of fascinating characters involved and strange behaviors that occurred over a period of several months as the U.S. marshals are looking for this woman. Oh and, and Interesting you- diversionary tactics that she did, took yeah. to prevent being caught. Um, but then this very robust defense of her once she got back.
3: But you, In so, tonight's episode, you did actually talk to some locals who knew Caitlin after she fled to Costa Rica. Right, I'm sure they right. provided some insight.
6: They provided very interesting insights, yes, of this person named Ari, who mm-hmm. fit into the local scene as quickly as she could and, you know, made some local friends. Oh, okay. so That fellow you saw was kind of a boyfriend, not quite.
1: But, oh, okay. you know, yeah. The guy on the rocks there?
6: Yeah, surfer oh. surfer, dude? Yeah. surfer dude. You
1: All look right. like you interviewed him when he was still wet. <laughs> I,
6: I think he's been surfing every day of his entire life.
2: <laughs> Keith <Thank> Morrison. <laughs> no one tells a story like Keith Morrison and the folks at Dateline. You can watch that two-hour, 31st wow. season premiere of Dateline tonight, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on NBC.
1: Keith was 12 when he started.
6: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> More 100 years ago. <laughs> well,
1: coming up, we've got filmmakers Ken Burns and Lynn Novick here sharing their important new documentary. Can't wait to hear about that.
2: Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is
5: hard. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan.
1: Bend for your king. Never. (laughs) Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes.
2: Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
0: When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
3: this morning we are joined by acclaimed filmmakers ken burns and lynn novick sharing an eye-opening new documentary
2: the U.S. and the Holocaust explores America's response to one of the greatest humanitarian crises
1: in history. And it also highlights how much the government and the American people knew as horrors were unfolding in Nazi-occupied Europe. Such an important story. Ken and Lynn, good morning. Thanks for being good here. Good
8: morning, Al. Great so, to see you.
1: So it's been, Ken, it's been 77 years since the end of World War II. Uh, and all of a sudden, there are all these Jewish immigrants coming into this country. And we like to think that, you know, there's a welcoming country, but when this happens, happened was happening. We were not all that welcoming.
8: You know, we like to say that we're this nation of immigrants, which we are, that we have been welcoming. And there were times when our borders were open, 1870 to 1920. But there was a backlash that created an immigration law that had strict quotas, particularly from countries that would have a predominant number of Catholics or Jews or Slavic people who didn't rate as high as the Nordic, Hitler would say, Aryan races. And so what happens when you have this bottleneck of a humanitarian crisis and you can't let people in, and there's also huge anti-Semitic sentiment. And in the United States, racism, treatment of Native Americans, which Hitler admired—that we had been able to murder and subdue our native population and isolate them into reservations—you've got a, a, a strange humanitarian crisis that we rarely reckon with. And this film is our attempt, having treated the Holocaust in other films, to understand the U.S. and the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and to see the Holocaust in a new light to understand the story of it.
3: And speaking to that, uh, the U.S.'s involvement, a- at least three quarters of the victims of the Holocaust died before the United yeah. States, the troops ever made it over on European soil. So FDR was president at the time. Right. Some would say if we got involved sooner, we wouldn't have had so many people die. But how do you yeah. address that?
9: Well, um, first, I just want to say this is such an important question, because when we think about our obligations and our responsibilities, It was very difficult for president roosevelt to get the american people ready to fight the war there was tremendous isolationism here in addition to the anti-semitism nativism that ken was speaking about and so america didn't want to go to war partly because of world war one and just it's far away an ocean across you know Mm -hmm. we don't have to get involved with what's going on over there so by the time we finally did get sort of pulled into the war frankly because we were attacked at pearl harbor and then hitler declared war on the united states even then it took a while to get the army ready and to get the troops ready and all the material and get over there. By that time, as we discovered by putting all the pieces together, the Holocaust was well underway. Right. Millions of people had been killed. And so it really wasn't possible for American troops to be there to stop the killing. On the other hand, we worked with our allies to end the war eventually. Mm-hmm. And you know, by the time that happened, um, we were able to put an end to it, but it was way too late.
2: One of the most well-known stories of of, of, of that, that time period, of course, is Anne Frank right? and the diary that she kept um, in the attic while hiding from the Nazis in, in Amsterdam. You discovered something about Anne Frank's story that a lot of folks probably don't know. Yeah.
8: It's, it's it's an amazing thing. We open our entire film with it. And, and Anne Frank is the most familiar trope of the Holocaust for most Americans. It's where our school kids have their first introduction to it. But what we've discovered and, and recent scholarship has revealed that in Otto Frank's papers, her dad, is that he spent a good deal of the 1930s trying to get into the United States. And he had all the right stuff. Hmm. He crossed the T's, dotted the I's with all the unbelievable paperwork. He was a person of means. He had contacts in the United States. Those were well-to-do and had contacts in the Roosevelt administration, wow. he still could not get in. And so just think, what wow. would the world be like if we had Anne Frank here yeah. and alive? And this is what the whole thing, the world, the word six million means nothing, oh, sure. right? It means nothing. And, and so what you want to do is personalize it and make sure that e- we understand that each one of those six million people was a, a person who lived their life as full as we live ours. And if we can honor that, then we go a long way to also guarding against it. Because what's so disturbing in making this film is how many of the echoes of that time are echoing today. There's a moment in our film when the Holocaust scholar says, the time to stop a genocide is before it happens, the time to save a democracy is before it gets lost.
1: And to that point, you end the film with things that have happened, current events, January 6, Charlottesville. Are, are you linking those threads, bringing those threads together?
9: I, I, you know, as we were working on this film, things were happening all around us that made the story seem as urgent as anything we've ever worked on. As Ken always says, we don't think we'll work on a film that's more important because of what's happening in our world in the United States and around the world, the rise of authoritarianism, the disintegration of our democratic institutions the fact that we don't necessarily have faith in our elections and the rule of law and how you know everything is under threat right now this is this has been happening while we're working on the film and so we felt obligated to not end this film in 1965 when we at least did do something to uh, fix the immigrate the quota system that we had and open up immigration but um, there's things going on all around us right up until uh, very recent history. Yeah.
8: It's not that- the Holocaust, right? The Holocaust is its, it's thing. A, its own but, right. but what we have is a rise, as Lynn is saying, in authoritarianism, which we both here and and uh, around the world, sure. which we have to be. We've always been the bastion of liberty. Not that that torch was not intended. To welcome immigrants. It was intended to remind the world where the light of liberty was. And it was only through Emma Lazarus' poem and the coincidence that all the immigrants passing it, going to Ellis Island, began to identify her, yeah. our symbol, sure. with. Uh, with with immigration, but it's really about a beacon of liberty and democratic societies because, as even Jefferson said, you know, mankind is disposed to sort of suffer the tyrant, and we, it takes a lot of work to maintain a democracy, and I think we're beginning to see how fragile that is today.
1: Canon Lynn, thank you so much for this film. Thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Again, the U.S. and the Holocaust airs this Sunday, September 18th, on PBS.
2: Oh, it looks looks good. Thank you. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a bit of a turn here on a Friday morning. Ladies and gentlemen, we brought Little Big Town inside. We're going to look back on their decades together. That's coming up. When the third hour of today continues.
3: Next week on the third hour of today, the one and only Oprah on her new project honoring the legendary Sidney Poitier.
2: And then Nobel Peace Prize winner, Malala Yousafzai joins us live in studio.
3: And we are going to share our latest buddy up. I can't wait, it's a candle making party.
2: Your burning questions (laughs) answered next week on (laughs) The
3: Third Hour of of today. Today.
1: What a great morning it has been having our friends, the country superstars, Little Big Town. The three-time Grammy winners are celebrating the
2: release of their brand new album. It's called Mr. Sun. It is out today. Start listening to it. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And yeah. it?
3: we brought them inside to catch up. <laughs> Karen Fairchild, Phillips Sweet, Kimberly Schlappman and Jimmy Westbrook inside with us in Studio Good Morning Guys. Hi. Good morning. Hi.
7: Thanks for having us.
3: So when we teased earlier, we said you've been doing this for decades. I mean, <laughs> it's the 20th anniversary of your debut album back in 2002. Yeah. I mean, wow. how have you guys grown as a band? How has your music changed,
7: yet still stayed true to your roots? Oh, well, we changed with better, <laughs> hair, You're better hair now. You just, covered. I'm glad we, that was the first <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, look at that.
3: That's
7: so late 90s. There's
3: how we've changed. Isn't it? Oh,
7: oh, 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 oh my gosh. My you guys
2: look the same. Oh, oh no, we Your don't. faces oh. look the same. Oh. Oh, we've
7: goodness. learned to wear oh, better clothing. And I'm not
1: frosting my hair anymore.
7: <laughs> but at
1: least God. you've got him. <laughs> it's
7: true. <laughs> it's
2: true. true. That's true. So you've evolved. <laughs> we you've are. evolved. Yeah. How is the how has the music evolved?
7: Mm. More confident. Yeah. Uh, we've lived a lot of life together. Yeah. Yeah. The ups, the downs, you know, and that just makes for better songwriting, honest songwriting. Yeah. Um, we have fun. We have fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And then we try to when it's important, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think the albums reflect that, like that we like some levity, but we also like to say, like you were talking about three whiskeys and the truth. Yeah, it's on a the great record, song. that's like a that's a heartbreaker, yeah. you know. Yeah. And we need those moments, but we also this record is full of gratitude.
1: Yeah. And, and the album's out today, so uh, you know, Mr. Sean, how did, how does it feel? Finally, having this this, this m- new music out there. Yes, amazing. Out
8: there. It was, it was a long yeah, process. Set
7: free. Yes, yeah.
8: it was a long process. It started, you know, when during the pandemic is when the whole record process started, and uh, so it, it stretched out over a couple of years. So it's great to have it out and
6: actually. People be able to listen yeah. to it and enjoy it. feels it. like walking out into the sunshine.
7: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about the name Little Big Town? You know, kind of going back to the beginning. Whose idea was it? And were there any other names floating that. around?
7: <laughs> we had we had a
2: list lists of names. It was a list
7: of like the influence of growing up in a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, so Alabama. Well, for me, I went to school in Alabama, yeah. um, Georgia and Indiana for me, but I grew up um, in Alabama. Alabama, Georgia, Arkansas. 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 All small towns. There. All yeah. small towns. Mm. And um, yeah, so like, what does that sound like? What does that look like? And then we saw the name written out from a publishing company. It's a little big town publishing. Oh. And we were like, it's kind of interesting because then Nashville was a little big town.
0: It yeah. is no longer right. no. a little big
6: town. <laughs> but exactly big town. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we instantly all said, "That's it." Yeah.
9: yeah. And at the same time, we were brainstorming about names. Philip was sketching our little like. Remember when he would Those sketch cityscapes. our little? No, us, the four oh, yeah, of us. Yeah. And he would sketch <laughs> us out. And he's such a great little artist. Well, you
1: guys. Are, I mean, look, you're each on your own individually, terrific musicians. But together, it's about as good as it gets. What is that like being this collaborative collaborative team and you know you hear about so many other groups where there is a fight to be in the lead or break away or something and here you are still together 20 years yeah back.
8: it's it's such a blessing we started, have each
9: other. Yeah. And we yeah. started driving ourselves around in a van 20-something years ago uh, when it, we had no money and no one else to help. And we got a little yellow legal pad and we started writing out, you know, what are our goals? Mm-hmm. What would our rules be? How will we run our business if someday we make it? You know, all these things. <laughs> and we still go back to that little yellow legal pad. And mm-hmm. I think that's just keeping our roots there. And yeah. and that's kind of where we came yeah. from. And that's the tape from my ring because my ring's too big. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What was that was one of the rules.
9: That's why
5: we're still so doing that's, yes. that's the
2: lever you were talking about. <laughs> Always there. I mean, what's was there an aha moment? Was there a moment at a venue perhaps twenty, twenty five years ago where you guys all said, you know what? We might be onto something.
6: I remember yeah. this one distinctive show and we had been driving ourselves, kind of sleep deprived a, a little bit,
2: <laughs> and we pulling up to the show and there's a lot of cars at this venue. We're like, wow, who are we opening for tonight? <laughs> These people here. <laughs> they Where were there. They were there to see us, and honestly, we didn't have an encore or anything. So when they called for an encore,
7: we no just, one ever we, wanted to hear one. We played, we <laughs> yeah,
2: played, no the, we played the Boondocks
3: again. <laughs> we played, we it played it twice. We played it just as loud. Right. Everybody wants to
7: hear.
3: We love you guys here. Thank uh, you so much for being guys. here. We'll be right back. Uh,
2: All right, Monday morning, don't forget, tune in for coverage of the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II. We're going to start very early, 5.30 a.m. Eastern. And,
1: of course, you can get the very latest from today every morning in your inbox. Head to today.com slash newsletters to subscribe to our This Is Today newsletter and get the top stories, pop culture, and so much more. You can't escape us. No, you, you can, can't, even if you want to. In fact, we'll be right behind you all weekend <laughs> long. And then we'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Pete.